0: The Phidias Club is entirely financed by its patron at patreon.com slash Club. If you enjoy the show, maybe consider sending a couple of bucks our way. That would make everything fantastic. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Phidias Club. This is episode 126, where we talk about being an expat. Hello everyone, and welcome to the Phileas Club. The Phileas Club, when I pronounce it correctly, it's much better. You still won't know how to spell it unless you are a cultured person and you know around the world in eighty days. Uh, but <laughs> we do this show every month or so, and sometimes we do specials. And this is a special. Th- so the regular shows are just uh, people coming from different countries, different parts of the world, and talking about what's happening in the news. You know what's been been uh, uh, happening happening in their country? Um, And on the specials, we talk about one specific topic. This is one such episode and we're going to talk about being an expat, living in a different country, uh, what we um, get out of it, what frustrations we get out of it, what overall, you know, trying to give you a picture of what we felt as expats ourselves. I am Patrick Beja, and I will talk about exactly what uh, countries we've visited in a little bit. But uh, my main country is France. I say my main country because I was actually born in Lebanon. Uh, So I'm kind of an immigrant. Some might even say a refugee. Uh, But I did grow up in France, and currently I live in Finland. But that's not my main expat experience. On the mm, I guess, where am I facing now? Let's say on the western side uh, is Wendy Dunford. How's it going, Wendy? You're in the u s, but you I actually am. lived in Sweden for a while.
1: I did. Yes. Nice to see everybody. Hi. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so you're a so you're originally from Utah, which means yeah. you're essentially as American as America gets, right? That's yeah. the image I have.
1: Wow. Okay. I'm not sure to be flattered or insulted. Uh, We'll (laughs) leave that to Yeah. So I I was born and raised in Salt Lake City. And then uh, after my husband and I got married, we've lived in the Northeast in Vermont, which is beautiful and also really cold. And we a little stint in the South there in Atlanta, Georgia. And then uh, we were in Sweden for the last four years. Now we live in Minnesota. And we had a blizzard, snow, canceling school day nightmare today, <laughs> and so I feel like oh. I'm in a totally other country. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: so that's yeah. I'm, I hope that doesn't uh, impact the way you your availability for the show, and you nope. didn't have to like... nope, no. okay. it's all good. Uh, my, my baby came home from the daycare crying like a banshee, which usually doesn't, never happens actually. So I wasn't even sure I, mu- I would be able to do the show and it might still be interrupted because of wonderful <laughs> baby. It, it's so terrible when the baby is crying and you don't know what's wrong, you're, you melt. It's, I mean, parents will know, others will just nod and say, oh, I'm sure it's bad.
1: Um, and, and maybe this is just a quick segue. There's a lot of things in life that feel like um, moving to another country and having a baby is one of them. Oh, it my God. Such a change in every cultural norm you've ever known, like your free time and your sanity. It's
0: gone. <laughs> yeah. Did we do a parenting podcast? I th- I think we did a, sp- a special, but it feels like we should do another one, like on, <laughs> on explaining how much it, it changes your life. Because <laughs> you, Everyone tells you that. But it really can't prepare you for how much, you know, it impacts your life. Nothing prepares you. Uh, The other person on the show is Mayank, who's actually uh, originally from India, but now lives in the U.S. So I was going to say, you know, Wendy had a massive change going from the U.S. to uh, super socialist Sweden. But it pales in comparison, I'm guessing, to your change from uh, India to the U.S., right?
2: Yeah, and let me say namaskar to all, uh, and especially people back home. If anyone is uh, listening from that side of the world, they'll they'll be familiar with this little greeting. And yeah, it was definitely a massive, massive change.
0: Yeah, and we'll talk about all of this. You might remember Mayank from uh, the Indian special, uh, living in India special that we did a couple of years ago. Actually, let me go look up the episode number because I'm sure some people will be interested in, in going to check it I out. Think, it was episode 92. Was 90. Yep, oh 92. Yeah. 92. That is, inc- you know, it feels like it was about a year ago, but I realized that one year of those two years was uh, gobbled up by the black hole of baby raising. <laughs> and that's why it feels like it was a year ago. It was really two. Um, all right, so... I do want to uh, start off with, you know, a general observation of what we uh, took away, each of us, from those experiences varying in length um, of going to live abroad for an extended period of time. Obviously, when you go for a vacation, you get a little bit of a different experience, but going to live there is, or somewhere, is a very different thing. Um, for, For myself... I actually want. To, I, I've lived in in a few different countries, um, and just to give you an idea, I lived when I was a teenager in Cyprus. I lived in Lebanon uh, for a year or so. I then went. Uh, I mean, after I spent some out, uh, additional years in France, which is my what I consider to be my home country, um, I went to live in Japan for a few years, and then back to France. And now I've been in Finland for a while as well. So. But my most uh, impactful experience would be Japan. So most of the references I'm going to be uh, making are going to be from that part of my life. And I think if I needed to describe uh, being an expat and immersing yourself in a different culture uh, to people who have never done it, uh, I would actually start, I think, by singling out Americans. Uh, which I apologize for. It's not a function of some kind of bias, um, but uh, I, I'm sure Wendy has stuff to say about that. But <laughs> um, single out, um, singling out Americans, because I think every country in the world has at least two cultures, their own local culture and American culture that permeates the entire world. Um, obviously, Americans mostly have since it's the dominant culture that is available everywhere, I think a lot, not every American, but a lot of Americans will only have knowledge and understanding of American culture. You know, it's it's silly things. It's like uh, music and movies and TV shows. We get a, a, a version of America everywhere else, which is an image of a different culture in, in every other country. And I think many Americans... Don't have that. Um, I'll. I'll. I'm sure. You know. I'll let Wendy and Mayanka address that issue specifically when uh, they tell us about their experiences. Uh, but that is kind of a mini version of what it is to go into and live in a different country. That is expanding what you understand and what you know. Um, some things that you can experience are relatively close to what you already uh, understand as your culture but there are some things that are so different from how you imagine the world works that they literally change the way you look at everything and Japan especially but everything um, there's always a few things that don't exist in your culture. You know, it might be concepts, it might be just words. Like everyone has, uh, not everyone, but a lot of people who um, speak another language or who have been close to another language become familiar with a word that describes a concept that just doesn't exist in uh, another language. And that can't really be described, translated. It has to be described in like many uh, uh, convoluted phrases that even then don't really capture the, the meaning. Um, one of those would be in uh, J- Japanese, Gambaru is kind of a word that means doing your best and keeping at it and being courageous and brave and working hard in a way that is not all of those things I just said. Another one, which is super weird, is kito, And kito is Maybe something will happen, but at the same time, I'm certain it will happen and I have faith that it will. And it's like that uncertainty and certainty at the same time mixed together, which is super weird. And those might seem like minor things, but when you add them up, it makes for a different way of looking at reality. It's very, very weird. And those are just languages issues or languages characteristics, but the same kind of things can be... Uh, uh, can can be described from the way society is organized, the way people relate to one another, the, the things that people consider uh, uh, important, or, you know, all of those things. And when you go for a vacation, you're like, oh yeah, I understand, you know, they have this temple where you have to take your shoes off to get in. Ha ha, that's cute. It, it really doesn't uh, correspond to what happens when you actually live there. Uh, and you go through many different stages, I think. At first, you're amazed and and, and la- love everything because you see all the good things and then after a while you start hating everything because, because you start hating uh, seeing all the bad things and in my opinion that's when you're actually part of that culture um but uh, yeah overall what i would say is the most important thing that happens when you live as an expat is that you grow your understanding consciousness of what the world is to often i i Sometimes, and often maybe, places that you didn't even... It's like you discovered parts of your brain that you didn't know existed. I don't know if it's an accurate description. Um, Wendy, do you think that fits your yes. experience? Or, yeah?
1: Yes, I think that was an amazing summary of of that experience. Because it's true, that initial part, everything is just delightful and amazing and you're in awe and you don't understand the language yet. <laughs> and then when you really speak the language and you really know what they're saying, you're like, Oh yeah, there's, <laughs> there's a lot more here going on. And, <laughs> and, and there is that bit of like, um, it, it's kind of a, it's like a relationship. Like it starts out all the highs, <laughs> you know, and then they right, right. then leaving the toilet seat up. So that, like you get to the, <laughs> the reality, but that is, there's like a beautiful moment that happens, which is you. And I think you're right. You do become part of things like you're not, I, I, I was no longer an American visiting or living there. I, I did what Swedish people do. I thought in similar ways, like some of the words and, and I can go through some of them, like you were describing, they, they are very small, but they mean everything. And the difference between American culture and Swedish culture I mean Swedes, especially where I come from, a lot of the Americans I grew up will look like the Swedes because a lot of Swedes had immigrated. And so my kids were like, I think that's my teacher on the corner. I'm like, no, we're in another country. <laughs> that is not your teacher. But there's a very similar look. So there wasn't a whole lot of physical differences other than, you know, the difference in how buildings and cars and people dress in Europe versus versus America. But it was very much a like, oh yeah we were just tourists for a while and then you mm. get this moment where you're like i remember many times we'd be on you know the the train and in, in the city and i'd hear an american and i'd just be like oh my gosh americans are such idiots <laughs> and i still do this i so we moved here uh, last august it hasn't been that long and i will say in my head oh my gosh americans drive so bad or americans are so fat you know like i That's... have all these terrible things i'm saying because i still i have that that disengagement occurred and it's it you know eventually it's going to come back but it's a really cool thing
0: let let's uh dispel the idea that this is all uh, aimed at americans when i uh live in a different countries when i come back to my original country in france I, and even when I'm there, I'm like, oh, my God, French people are so this and French people <laughs> are so that. And even with Japanese people, like it, it's you find the beauty in each different culture, but the the annoying parts are, are very uh, uh, salient as well. And the thing that is strange, maybe that's part of what I'm explaining as, you know, it expands your mind, is that many of the things that. Uh, that I'm not going to say that annoy you, but the things that you notice after having experienced something different, you didn't really notice before. Not that you know you saw them, but it, they didn't stick out. You didn't even know they they were there. Is one thing that is uh, striking because it was just normal. I'm I'm wondering, Mayank, your your switch from mm-hmm. uh, uh, India to the U.S. happened a while ago, and you've been. I, I'm yeah. guessing you're you could. Maybe you consider yourself an American now, but the switch was even <laughs> starker, I'm guessing. How did it go? It
2: was quite stark. And I came here when I was uh, young. I was, uh, well, <laughs> I mean, uh, not as young as Patrick, maybe. But uh, uh, but I came when I was 19, or at least I was going to turn 19. So I came and and this was, I mean, Utah is probably as different as you can get from where I grew up. I I grew up in Old Delhi, which is the walled city, the old city. And it was like, I mean, the polar, uh, literally the polar opposite in terms of everything. I mean, uh, Old Delhi is, um, and and basically India in general, is crowded. It's messy. And, uh, you know, people don't engage in pleasantries. Uh, I mean, especially... And I'm pretty sure Europeans will also uh, will also appreciate this. Uh, when I landed, and it was, uh, I mean, the the fake pleasantries are what really kind of uh, you know startled <laughs> me a little bit. Like, oh, hi, how are you doing? Um, how are you doing
0: I'm today? Doing, doing, <laughs> oh, I yeah, hope 35. you have a wonderful day. <laughs> and like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> and i mean and i mean it's nice that you know that you know people try to be pleasant with each other but but back home you don't do that mm. like uh, like you you just uh, just for, just as a small example if you're going to go up to a shop and buy something you just go up tell the guy okay oh, hey, i want this he'll give he'll say okay uh, these many rupees you're done and you walk away you don't you don't <laughs> you know have the little you know Five sec, uh, you know, five second chit chat about how your day is going, and 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 actually, one time I made the mistake of actually saying, "Oh no, it's not going that well." <laughs> <laughs> <And then> it, <laughs> we don't know what
1: to do with that. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh,
2: yeah, exactly uh, that. <laughs> That poor lady was like, "Oh, I'm sorry to hear that." Like, <laughs> "Oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it." Uh, so yeah, that I, that's I, what <laughs>
0: that's what struck you the most when you first uh, moved to the U.S.
2: Yeah, definitely. And uh, plus, plus, people in Utah are like, uh, like even by U.S. standards, they are they are much nicer. Uh, uh, because I've been to Boston, I've been to SFO, Seattle. They are just much nicer in general. That is true. Even. Even even with American standards, so it was a really big jump. And then Salt Lake City is super clean. There are mountains. There are, there's snow. I had never seen snow before, uh, unless you count like back when I was like two, and and I went to Kashmir. So, but uh, so that means was, your
0: your original experience was wonderful, as it was for. Yeah. Okay. Oh, definitely. So. Yeah. Did it stay wonderful, or did you also get that weird moment when you're like, "Oh, there's also this"?
2: Yeah, for, yeah. For the most part, yeah, it it was um, it was wonderful. It still is. Uh, I'm still here. Um, but yeah, there are certain uh, nuances and certain, especially with like like humor and like pop culture. Um, I initially I didn't get a lot of things. And uh, but thankfully, I didn't have a TV, so I didn't have to worry about figuring out what's going on. Um, but yeah, um, I kind of got immersed pretty quickly. Um, there were back then uh, not a lot of Indians in Utah, and especially because I came for my bachelor's. So there were almost no Indians in my classes. So I made friends with Americans and I got absorbed into the American culture pretty quickly, so I so I caught up quite a bit, but
0: well, um, you still have a strong accent. I'm wondering if oh, that yeah. oh, no. you know if that uh, uh, impacts you at all. Do you do you have uh, uh, people you know calling you out because you're a foreigner or anything like that? Or um, I, it seems like it doesn't a, happen, but
2: not in a negative way. But but it was quite striking how little. Uh, I mean, how insulated Americans are, because because a lot of them seemed really surprised that I can speak English fluently. <laughs> I mean, uh, the, the accent notwithstanding, it, it was like, oh, oh, um, how did you learn to speak English? I'm like, uh, I grew up it's learning from the first grade. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is basically the way how, how the whole of India communicates with each other, um, and uh, but then but then i would say the reverse is completely true at least back then when i came uh, whatever indians knew about uh, about americans was mostly from like from like you know cable channels we didn't uh, i mean internet has has clarified a lot of things globalization mm. has improved but but back when i a bit back when i was here you know t- telephone calls to india still cost like still costed like a dollar a minute so um so, you know, uh, back then, uh, I, I would say equally is true that that Indians didn't know a lot about the real American life.
0: I mean, friends doesn't count. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know, I mean, yes, it, it's not real American life. And obviously, the, the fact that they can afford that apartment is the most notable, you know, aspect of TV-ness of friends. But, I, you know, I learned about things like uh Thanksgiving and Super and the Super Bowl and these kinds of what mm-hmm. makes American tradition through mm-hmm. Friends and other shows like it. Um mm-hmm. I, I don't think Americans have you know, Americans don't get any a lot of that from like they don't know what wow. the French do beyond the cliches of mm. wine and baguettes and, and yeah, and eating, <laughs> which we do a lot, but but still, um and and similarly, French people don't really know what happens in, I don't know, Russia or Zimbabwe or but I keep falling back to that idea that at least, people outside of America have both those cultures, so they understand yeah. there's something different that exists. Um, and I feel like that is something that is uh, uh, unique to everyone but the US, you know, if I can put it like that. I wonder, Wendy, did you get that impression that Americans were less aware of other people once you moved to Sweden? Or is it me kind of... Uh, 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 caricaturing the 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 American social awareness.
1: Well, I think I mean you. There's there's the stereotype for the for a reason. I think I mean I. You look at how we travel. I think it has a lot to do with the way we work and the way we travel. So we get two weeks of vacation a year, and you can't do anything in two weeks. With you'll have jet lag if you go anywhere, and you you wouldn't really get. A great experience, and 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 so as a general rule, our vacationing tends to be kind of around where we live, or it's to the same beach in Mexico or something like it's, you know, that the average American can't leave where they are to experience much else other than cross a state line. Mm. So I think ge- geography has a big role to play in that, and then just the reality of of sort of that work life unbalance, I should call it imbalance. Um, and so I think it has a massive impact. So when you do see an American in Europe, you're seeing them, they're only in that initial, this is exciting and I'm on vacation and they, you know, we'd have friends visit and they'd be like, okay, we're going to see London and Paris while we're there. We're like, we don't live anywhere near London and Paris. (laughs) How about you just come here and chill? And, you know, we'd had to convince them to travel in different ways so they could actually enjoy what they're doing. So I think you've got a mentality that's pretty common. Unless you're super wealthy and have all the free time in the world, most folks, if they go anywhere, it's quick, it's very superficial, mm. and it's endearing. They love it. They they feel this bond. I mean, they'll tell you the rest of their life they're Irish because they went there for five minutes. You know, like... There is <laughs> but a, you know, that's, that's
0: part of it too. It's like the feeling that when you travel somewhere, even as a... French let's say i'm I'm a French person. I studied Japanese for a long time. I went to Japan a few times before I lived there, and I spent maybe I don't know three months total in Japan before I actually went to live there. And I studied it for a long time, like years. And I think I understand I understood a lot more obviously than if I had only spent two weeks. But even then, living there makes it a completely different experience, like completely. You're you're talking about things like vacation and the way, like, when you went to Sweden, you started experiencing things that I'm guessing were foreign to you. We talked about healthcare, for example, or the fact that you have five weeks of vacation, the fact that culturally, I'm guessing about Sweden, but maybe people aren't as obsessed with work as they are in the U.S. And that takes a while to enter your skin, you know? Um, yeah,
1: it was great. <laughs> like I, I adapted pretty quick to that. Well, and and I have this experience now. I have clients in Europe and then I have clients in the States. And we just moved this last weekend and um, purchased a home and moved. And my European clients, I'm like, well, I think I'll have myself put together by Monday. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'll talk to you in a week or two when you're done pack, unpacking. And my American clients are like, "How about eight a.m. on Monday?" I mean, there's <laughs> there's a mentality is very different, and it it there's a price we pay for it. It is not healthy for us. But th- that cultural difference is really obvious. And my experience uh, to to go to your other point of like, the more I lived in Sweden, and I was there for four years, the the more I, I would call it humility, which is the less I really knew, I understood. Like, the more you're there, the less you truly understand because you realize how complex it is. And I think in a two-week vacation, you're going to feel like you're an, an expert. And that's a joke because you're not. The longer you actually do engage, the more you realize there's nuances and not everyone's the same. It's like all Swedes are one thing is, of course, not true. All Americans are not one thing. Um but you start with that, and then you start to meet all the people, and then you get ingrained in the society, and then you understand the words they're using, and then you realize like the nuances. I, I have a couple real quick that I, I think people would find very fun. There are three words, I think, if you, if you had to summarize Sweden, so they're all different, but let me summarize them, <laughs> um, are these three things. One is the word lagom, which is the opposite of America. It is everything in moderation. So so too much of something is just too much and too little is a little, too little. It's just right in the middle. So for example, if you had a dinner party, the biggest compliment anyone would give you at that dinner party is that the whole thing was lagom. It was right. It was just enough. So it wasn't too fancy. It wasn't too ostentatious. You weren't showing off. And, and yet the food was good and the wine was nice. So there was this nice middle ground. So that is that drives so much of how they feel about things, um, and it is. Tr- it, it was the most, like, relieving experience to be where it wasn't. It didn't everything didn't have to be over the top or excessive, which Americans love to just make it bigger and louder mm-hmm. and brighter? And we would we would go to activities in the community, and we would just laugh ourselves silly about how what an American would do with that same event. So there was this. We lived in this little town called Alling Sauce and in the town they have lights it's called lights in Alling Sauce and it would they would have these professional light people from all over the world come and they would light up parts of the forest with just very lovely nuanced things very artistic very peaceful and calm <laughs> and we would walk around and the Swedes would be just like it was amazing to them and we would laugh that an american would have put a really loud music and there would definitely be fireworks and you know just Making it not lagom, right? And another one that is, um, it, it's related to this, it's called the and And what it is, is this idea that you don't want to stand out. Like we're a collective, you know, and we sort of, no one gets to be too loud or too obvious or too, you know. And so the school system very much runs on this methodology. Like everyone's And, and those, to And just,
0: just to add to this, as you're saying, those words really... Obviously, uh, uh, embody parts of the societal makeup of yeah. those countries. So it's not just words that are funny; it's really part of the Absolutely. consciousness or unconsciousness of of the whole country.
1: It is. And my son's pretty bright. I have some dumb kids too, so don't think I'm <laughs> bright. Um, but he's pretty bright, and you know, and the they just had no idea what to do with him. He learned Swedish very quickly. He was more advanced in all the the classes, and the teachers were like. what we do normally is we just keep the kid with his students and he helps them. And, but you're an American. Do you want to like skip three grades? We're like, (laughs) no, we want to do what you do in Sweden. And by the end he was teaching his math class. Sometimes he definitely taught English a few times and he just had a very different experience in the States. That kid would have been bumped up to all these advanced classes, everyone, tons of pressure. Now you're going to you know, be this thing. And I was so grateful. It was. I feel like it saved him to have a place where they didn't um, sort of. I don't. I, you know. And and someone and an American parent hearing this would be going, well, he's missed out on all these opportunities." I'm like, I don't know. Has he? I think <laughs> teaching English and math as a fifth grader is pretty cool, right? So there's there's this thing of just not standing out too much. And and I think for folks there who are naturally excelling and are really charismatic or even loud, it's it's un- uncomfortable. I've had a few of them talk to me about, you know, I feel American, but I'm Swedish and it's hard. I don't exactly know how to find my place. So oh, some of them will immigrate and, mm. or some of them will, you know, sort of travel the world in different places. I think that it probably exists in any culture that you kind of don't feel like you fit in. I have this in, in America. There is a part of me that just goes, this is not my people. <laughs> um Oh, I feel is. that
0: way about France sometimes. It it feels very I think that's part of the reason I I started this show as well because I don't I I look around, around me and I'm like what is why what are those people doing? And I feel ve- very alienated from and that's I think one of the curses of this situation is like you feel at home nowhere. I I don't. Right. I mean, I feel completely at home nowhere, I guess, but
1: <laughs> well, I feel like an anthropologist everywhere I go now. i think I wonder Ooh. if uh, if if either of you have this experience where you you're just always a little bit observing. So we've moved to a new place. Oh, yeah. and and I'm everyone's got a giant, ugly hat on a hundred percent of the time here <laughs> and And I get it. It's cold. But like, and we, I was on a vacation. I was in Idaho. I'm across the country, nowhere near Minnesota. I see these two people in a hot tub. We were at this like resort thing. I see these two people with their hats on, the same fuzzy like hockey hats. And I said to my friend, I'm like, I guarantee they are from Minnesota. So I went up and talked to him. Of course they were. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. But, you, but there's always, I'm, an, I'm observing. I'm never quite... Even though I'm feeling like I'm a part of this culture and I'm getting there, there's always a bit of you that's, you know, yeah. observing. And that can be a lonely place, I think, sometimes. I,
0: I yeah. always feel like in Paris, I have, when, it, when I'm not in Paris, something I never noticed before, I left for a good time, a good amount of time was the elegance of people, how people dress. You know, it's, and essentially it's very easy to be as elegant as a Parisian. You just, all of your clothes are black or gray and that's, that's all you (laughs) need. (laughs) And that works. And, um, and, and, but really when you go away from that and you look at the way people dress, you're like, ah, that's like, anyway, that's super snobbish and, and, but I, I, it's, it's part of how I grew up, I guess, Mayank, I'm I'm curious, yeah. did you go through that stage where initially when you landed, you're like, after a couple of weeks, you're like, yeah, I get everything. People are nice in the stores and they're like, they speak with that weird accent. So I get America. Excellent. And then after, um, you know, a, a few months or a couple of years, you're like, oh, there's more to this than I thought.
2: Um, Yeah, uh, well, I wouldn't say that because uh, uh, because I i don't think i ever really uh, thought that i that i understood uh, america and uh, and partially it was i think because uh, i was just studying all the time and uh, so i uh, but as i made american friends I, I always had a moment of realization like oh yeah i think i'm i think i'm getting a little bit more now i'm i'm, I'm absorbing more and more and, is so, there yeah, an it, example uh, of
0: something that you remember when you when you realized or understood that that changed the way you looked at things?
2: Yeah. Um, what I one of the things I would say is um, what I realized and uh, what I can uh, kind of make an make an analogy here is uh, what America is to Europe in terms of competitiveness and just you know working hard. I would say. India and uh, I'm pretty sure other Asian countries can also claim that is to America. We oh, think really? America is is way too relaxed.
0: Oh, really? I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, that's interesting because
2: because um, here, uh, I mean, a lot of people. I mean, I, I wouldn't say everywhere, especially on the especially in like startup companies. You know, you work you work a lot. You work you know twenty hours a day. But in India, working hard, staying after office hours is extremely common uh, unless you are like a like a government employee in like a government job, you usually stay longer than you have to. you work at home when you have to. It is extremely common and here it is like super uncommon like like people just come at nine, leave at six, come at nine, leave at six uh, and you know they go home they you know they spend their uh, you know they they have fun with their families, you know whatever. And uh, uh, back in India, yeah, y- you work hard. And, so that so you even, showed up yeah. and you
0: were like, oh, so you guys don't really <laughs> like working, I suppose, I guess.
2: <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, and even in school, in in like schools and and colleges and universities, it is much more relaxed here. Seriously, I mean, like uh, like one of the reasons um, I came to the U.S. for my bachelor's was uh, was one of like uh, some the way indian school system is designed i couldn't do computer science back there um i just couldn't um but but even if i had been able to things are just insanely competitive i mean people want to just outshine each other all the time you study like like from like 5th to like 12th grade you go all out on like, on like studying extra hours after school, it's just massively competitive. So, so here, I think it's pretty chilled out (laughs) compared to like, like what I'm used to. And, and and that I think contributed quite a bit to how I am. I mean, by nature, I'm not a very, you know, aggressive person. So it's uh, so, so I can be competitive, but I'm, but i am not going to you know kill myself while trying to do it so so that i think helped me and mm. kind of so now i feel i am i'm kind of straddling two worlds i mean i feel very indian i am still even you know like like legally i'm indian and culturally i'm indian but i don't always fit in in, in either place and and i feel very sort of like conflicted many times like uh, i mean where do i fit where do i belong i don't really know and I,
0: yeah yeah it's it's really interesting i think the what you're saying uh harkens back to what i was saying as well i i never quite yeah. fit at home but um it on the on the working hard thing i think it illustrates one thing i was saying uh, as well which it, you're putting it in in better words than i did looking at something different gives you perspective. Like, as Wendy was saying, I'm pretty sure that Americans look at themselves and don't even look, you know, think of themselves as one thing, which is hard workers. And I think that's a fair assessment. I think Americans in general are pretty hard workers. French people will look at themselves and think, you know, there's something else. Finnish people will, again, think of themselves as something else. And when you're in that box, you don't even get the idea of thinking of things differently. Um, But when you go in another place, when things are different, then you get perspective and you think about both of those things in a different way. And Americans thinking they're hard workers, which is completely legitimate, if they go to India, for example, they might change the way they perceive the old place. It seems dumb to say it like this, but I think a lot of people don't realize that that can happen. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know, Wendy, you were Chinese. Yeah,
1: in. I was. I was going to say the, the the human mind is incredible at adjusting, and and I think you know maybe we feel like it takes us a while to get comfortable with something, but it's it's astounding if you if you take a space in your home and put something that shouldn't be in there, like maybe it's just a little pile of papers or like a, some garbage or or something yeah. you don't even like. Give yourself a week and your brain will stop seeing it.
0: Yeah, um, definitely. It,
1: it has this the power to do that, which is pretty amazing, actually, based on that we don't get used to certain things, but like our environment is one that we can, right? And so I think what ends up happening is that you sort of... Um, adjust in a way, but then you, you have a memory, you know, like, here's an example of something I cannot let go from Sweden. And I never will because it perpetually gets poked in a different way. If it's all the time, like I've adjusted to the food back in America, I will tell you right now, we don't eat real food here. I'm not sure what this stuff is that we're eating, (laughs) but it doesn't taste right. And it's, there's like a plastic taste to it. Now, of course I lived here my whole life. I didn't know that I move away. I have real food for four years and I come back and I think, what are we doing? This is not real food. And I, I kept thinking, how can I feed my kids this? I mean, that's crazy after four years for someone to think that, but you, once you've tasted it and know there's a difference. But seven, eight months in, we're like, I guess this is how it tastes now. And now I kinda <laughs> can't taste the plastic anymore. Yeah. Um, but, it, but here's the one I, I really will never let go of because it's solvable and it's random. So food you gotta eat all the time, but the randomness is this and anyone who is not american who has lived in america will know what i'm saying <laughs> again probably from europe is this get to a stoplight there's no other cars it just stays red because it's a stupid light that does not know how technology works and you wait <laughs> and wait and wait and then you and then you go and in sweden for 4 years i never spent one unnecessary second at a stoplight because <laughs> they're smart and they know how to do things. <laughs> and it will, it drives me crazy. How, how are we, how can Americans, I don't know, what do we create? We, we send cars to moons, whatever we, we should be good at this. It drives <laughs> me insane.
0: Well, I, I uh, would, I would argue it's probably because you distrust your government so much that you don't want it to change anything, including true. the lights probably, but that's it's, totally <laughs> you know, the food thing is so, striking to me as well uh obviously i'm french so we enjoy good food but um in finland it's kind of the same the 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 food here and there's reasons for it you know culturally historically it's it's more much more difficult to get good food up in the north than it is although you know in sweden apparently they eat pretty well uh but in finland it's like what are these Mountain people feeding themselves—it's crazy—and you're like, (laughs) you want to find good food, and it's almost impossible. And the the difference that it makes is like you feel when you haven't had actual food. I don't even want to call it good or bad food, like actual food and something else in plastic. It's it, it it's uh like when you discover the good food, it's like it takes a little while because at first you don't even understand what you're eating. But then you're like, I'm discovering what food is. And again, it's that idea that I think is the common thread that you get things that you didn't even think, you didn't even would think to think about. It's like this outside of the box type of thing. Um, I
1: I have a quick question for Mayank. Did did your friends or family ever call you or email you or contact you and ask you the Okay, I saw this in a movie. Is this true? <laughs> Did you ever get those kinds of questions about American um, life?
2: Um, no, I mean, uh, uh, I, uh, people would assume certain things, like, oh yeah, you know. Um, uh, I, I can't even actually remember because uh, a lot of times you would just talk, and I would tell them, "Oh yeah, you know, these things happen this way," and um, and 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 even now, mostly when people visit. They visit, you know, the east. Uh, I mean, tourism from India has increased multitude of times to US. So, so they visit either the east coast or, or the west coast. Um, but yeah, I I never got a lot of questions. Mostly, it was about, you know, oh, how am how you know how am I doing? Am I adjusting well? Uh, do you know, do I do I miss home? Things like that. So, so mostly it was those things. Curiosity about the US was not. That high, I mean, they they because they already know from from uh, you know from seeing a bunch of stuff. So they uh, but they would assume certain things, which uh, which was sometimes negative. Like like one of the assumptions, especially in the the older like my grandma's generation, was uh, you know, I mean not not her specifically. Uh, she she didn't think that, but uh, but one of the assumptions was. Americans are much more freewheeling with their sexuality, like, you know, having sex with, because that's what they saw. Like, oh, someone meets someone else for the first time on the first date, boom, they jump into bed. But that's not really what happens. So when you realize that,
0: that, you were like, (laughs) ah. Very sad.
2: (laughs) No, I mean, I I wasn't assuming like that, anything, uh, anyway. And, 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 you know, and I was a very good Indian boy. I, <laughs> I, I didn't even freaking date. Uh, so, uh, so but yeah. So so, the... uh, but... Oh, sorry. Yeah, go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. I had
0: a question, but I'll ask that.
2: <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, the, this was one of like the very negative per, uh, perceptions, which I, you know, which like uh, like if you ask any Indian, they're like, oh yeah, you know, people back home they would assume that, but you know that doesn't really happen and and i had to kind of correct some of these things like oh yeah no that's not Mm. a real thing that's just the tv yeah
0: so you you ended up staying in the u.s um Mm -hmm. i'm guessing you like it better than your home uh it's kind of harsh thing to say but if you liked india better you would have come back is that the case or what do you why did you stay i guess i think in in the beginning
2: i just wanted to stay because i'll be honest i did like bet uh, i did like it better and I'm not, uh, i am not i shouldn't say i'm not a sentimental person but i do not really i mean i i don't get homesick not easily i uh, i do miss a lot of things about india like sometimes very acutely but um so uh, so i decided to stay because Honestly, when I was studying, um, I mean, India was growing; it was developing, but still, the living uh, standards, uh, the they were still not um, that high. Hmm. Now, I mean, I mean, uh, I mean uh, if I was a student now, uh, I might, I would have probably gone back because if you have money. You can live in India just as well as you can in the us, and uh, sure, there are still certain things which we have to deal with, but uh, the benefits outstrip uh, the you know the staying at home the uh, mm. you know it the experience is still i mean you are still home. I would say yeah, like like even though I haven't felt any discrimination or whatever, I still feel many times I feel like like an outsider. And uh, no matter how nice everyone is, no matter how, you know, how, how good everything is in my life, I still sometimes feel like uh, like I'm still an outsider looking mm-hmm. in, that I'll never be, you know, I'll never integrate completely.
0: I, I'm wondering if you would feel like an outsider if you went back to India now. I mean, you've been in, in the U.S. for yeah. so long, uh, I, I don't even know if we mentioned it, but it's been like, what, tw- 15, 20 years?
2: Yeah, I yeah, so, I came in two thousand one. So yeah, right. I Almost um, 20, but yeah. I do but I do go home um like every two to three years and and I'm not I mean I, I don't I wouldn't feel like an outsider there, I think. I do feel a little bit uncomfortable with um I mean I I, I am I do like my personal space and in India you don't get your personal space. <laughs> Yeah, you don't. You don't yeah. really. And and not not metaphorically, like uh, like everyone is in your, your business. And and not physically either, because people like to stand too close. I mean, if you stand in a queue in India, you will have a person touching you, pretty much. <laughs> and like, just move away. Give me some space. <laughs> yeah, I can but get yeah, that. So, uh, um, so some of those things yeah. will bug me, and they do bug me when I go home. But I think I still feel that sense of, oh,
0: I'm home. I wonder if it would change if you, if you stayed for, you know, a few months or a year or two. And that's, you know, just like when you move to another place, the first couple of weeks are like everything's wonderful, but then you change the way <laughs> you look at it. I'm wondering if some other things would hit you if you stayed longer. Oh, no. Uh, uh, uh,
2: uh, uh, yeah, they definitely will. I can mm. guarantee that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Definitely. Really? Yeah.
0: Wendy, you, you chose to come back to the U.S., uh, even yes. though obviously, you know, Sweden is wonderful. You have like free education, free healthcare, free, quote unquote, because you pay for those with your taxes, but um, all of that. But you still chose to go back to the U.S. Um,
1: yes, uh, I noticed your bias in your question asking, <laughs> Bianca. It's like, oh, you must like it better. <laughs> uh <laughs> um as if that were is the only factor cuz if it was that was a factor i would still live in sweden if oh really uh, truly, okay yes i would I, I i mean there's things i love about america i have to say the whole friendly thing and utah is over the top friendly like you know it, we it's like hey you're picking grapes next to me at the grocery store let's be friends i mean it is very <laughs> much that way um and yet don't take that from us. We got a lot of problems here. We need at least to have some people chatting with each other in public <laughs> spaces. So it's right now. It's pretty crucial we keep that cultural norm. Um, but I think <clears throat> for us, it had a lot to do with you know, we, we, we moved ourselves there. We were 38 years old with four kids. One of them was two years old. It was crazy. We were crazy, but I just had to get out of America. And then when Trump won, I had to stay out of America as long as I could. And, but we ran out of money. It's, it's hard to do the way we did it. Um, we really wanted our kids to just get out of the bubble of America and see that there was Mm -hmm. a bigger world. And, and what really started to happen is we realized like, oh, we moved him from one bubble to another bubble, <laughs> mm. um, which, you know, where we were sort of small town, Sweden, it, it was pretty insular. And there's similar attitudes among people wherever you go about how great they are. And we do it right. And no one else does it right. And, you know, and so so that's a piece of it. The other piece was, um, you know, the education. Our kids were just kind of getting behind um unfortunately finland has a fantastic system education system definitely educate your kid there um in our case sweden sweden used to have the same system as finland but they started to follow the research which was probably predominantly american and that has been their downfall and i and they don't pay their teachers well enough i think um and it just has kind of that sort of equality amongst everyone and kids included mean teachers are not treated very well. And there was just some things that some of my American values started to resurface. Like, and I didn't realize I even had them as a parent and they were things like limits. Kids should have limits. And I'm Mm. like, wow, that's very American of me. My kid would break some rules and I would take away his phone and he'd say, I'm the only kid who has had my phone taken away. I'm like, that is true in this whole country. I can guarantee you're the only kid whose (laughs) phone has been taken away. Yeah. Just as a
0: side note, Sweden is having immense problems with their education. I can't remember when they overhauled the education system. It must have been like in the seventies or, or eighties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and they, they are now reaping the quote unquote rewards. And it's like to i have I've I've been critical of America until now. I'm gonna uh, 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 pander to the uh, right side of the political spectrum a little bit it was hippies that did it in Sweden <laughs> and it was right. <laughs> it was definitely like the left wing horrible like everyone's cool and we have to make to spread love everywhere and and it did not work out at all
1: no no and the consequence ultimately has like there's zero respect for teachers mm. I mean the things that would go on in classrooms and I was like I, I can't I need my kids to have a foundation so then they can travel back if they want and right. it felt like we were restricted in a lot of different ways. I mean, we started a life in Sweden halfway through our life. So they had no record of us. We had a couple years of banking, but you know, they were like why would we give you a loan for a house? You know, like mm-hmm. they we were toddlers and so it really wasn't working. And then, you know, we come back to the states and and it's just easy. And again, it's cuz it's our culture, it's our language, it's our we know how it works. And we we can just do the thing that we know how to do, and so every day my heart aches for the Swedish forests. I mean, it's it's a <laughs> physical ache that I and I live in a forest with a thousand um, lakes. I mean, I chose the most Swedish place in the world to live, <laughs> but it doesn't smell right, and it doesn't look right, and people wear their hats anyway. Yeah, it is. A, it's it's painful, yeah. but it's also. I, I think my philosophy, anyway, has been. Bloom wherever you're planted. I'm having that experience where I'm learning cultural things about this place, which are definitely different from Utah. Like while Mayank M- 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 was talking, M- M- was talking, I said interesting. And I have learned because I think it's interesting. That's actually what I mean. But it turns out in Minnesota, when you say interesting, that's a way of saying like this is incredibly boring and I'm <laughs> still de- <laughs> So I am totally going, okay, don't say interesting because that's offensive because it's passive aggressive because these people are passive aggressive. Wow. So it's, it's, you know, America is, is 50 plus, maybe a hundred different cultures within one. It's amazing. Any of us get along at all. Mm. It's,
0: you know, it's funny because what both of you are saying, I also feel for all my, uh, praising of going to live in a different place and the the enrichment that you get in your life and i spent 4 years in japan at by the end i was like okay i'm i'm done i don't feel i mean japan is an extreme difference because the society is even uh uh you know peculiar within asia which is very different uh, mostly because they don't have the um the the judeo christian Roots, which have made up the entirety of uh, American and uh, European culture, I'm guessing that could be an entire other topic of conversation with Mayank, who who might have had different uh, uh, experiences, given that India is also not Judeo-Christian. But anyway, mm-hmm. in in Japan, it was extremely different. After four years, I was, I didn't really feel at home, and I came back to France. I feel more at home, but I think like both of you are saying, it's kind of a curse because you can never be completely at home anywhere afterwards. You're, you still feel at home, but you, you notice the things that you've picked up along the way. And I don't know if it's a good thing or, or a bad thing ultimately. I mean, I think it's a good thing because you, you understand Things, not just the world in this also, you know, hippie way, like, oh, you have to know everything, but, like, you understand things and why things happen and how they happen better if you have a larger sampling size. But is it a good thing that you never can feel completely at home or completely happy? Um, I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah.
1: (laughs) You're a citizen of the world? I mean, that's a nice way of saying it. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah, it's... but.
1: Maybe <sighs> Mars. Maybe we start over at Mars. Oh my know. God, that I, will
0: that will be even worse. Um,
1: and there are so many folks in this this category. I mean, it's just it, it's it's so common um, because you know we've moved around so much, and the world is it, is what it is. And it's an interesting shift in human experience because it's not how it was before. Before we yeah. had planes, right? We definitely people immigrated, and you know, but it meant the death. Of a family member when they immigrated. It was never. Yeah, they were gone. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm sure
0: in the US or even in Europe, you know, people will say, oh, if you go from one state to another in the US, it's very different. But again, it's that thing, you're still in the box. And in Europe, if you go from France to Germany or, you know, it's you're still in the box. It's a different part of the box, but you're still in the box. When you go to a completely different place, that's when things really shift and change and have an impact on you and for better or worse, I guess I, I would say it's for the better. What, what do you guys think as a conclusion? Is it for the better or for worse? My Mayank, would you say better or worse?
2: Um, it is definitely for, uh, for the better. I mean, having, um, having all these different experiences definitely enriched me in ways I, I couldn't have imagined
0: at all. So yeah. For the better. Okay. Wendy. I- yeah.
1: I think it is absolutely for the better. If I could be in charge of the planet, which would be terrifying, but I would (laughs) require every single student before they were allowed to graduate from whatever it is they're studying, that they'd have to spend some time in a place that's very different from where they live. Mm. And because I think what it does, and I've seen this with my own children, they can, they can have empathy and courage and awareness that, I think only comes from having adjusted to do two, two different cultures. In fact, we went to this little performance and they had the audience stand up and see, uh, recite the national anthem or say the pledged allegiance or something. And my kids all look at me like, what is this brainwashing? <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. And I thought, you know what? You're going to question some stuff or wonder about things that will never cross another seven-year-old's mind mm. <laughs> or a ten-year-old's mind, because you know there's another place that they also love their country, but they also don't need to yell it out at everyone. Or mm. that there's just nuance in the world. And I think it's I, what's easy is black and white thinking, like I'm good, they're bad. That's easy. But I we've we left that that place a long time ago, and we're in the growing pains of it, I think, as a world that we're a lot more similar than we are different. And how do we get along and how do we connect? And, you know, it it feels like we're at a pretty pivotal time for some of this. So I feel like the more access people have to more uh, a worldview that's bigger and broader and maybe a little more honest, well, that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, I would yeah. agree. I think the one thing that I would impose as the, uh, you know, chief of the world is, would be the same thing as you. If, if there's one way of improving the world that is, well, it's not easy, but it would be the most efficient, it would be for everyone to go live in a different country for a year before they're, you know, 20 or whatever, uh, or 25. <laughs> that, that is the most positive uh, uh, improvement you'll get out of the world if everyone has to do that.
1: Yeah. So and, um oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. go ahead. Because mine's total off topic. I just had one. <laughs>
2: okay. Last thing. No, I, I was just going to mention that um, that on YouTube, I, I was trying to find this channel. Uh, this one American family, like with their, uh, like uh, with their, with their daughter and their son. Uh, well, their son was born in India. They moved to India for like three or four years. And and it was, and, and I mean, of course, they moved back after a while and this was many years back, but it was amazing to see how they view, how they view my culture, uh, especially in like the same city where I grew up in. And it was like amazing how, how they perceive things how they f- uh, how they combat the challenges of a daily indian life and routine and it was uh, and it was quite amazing i mean not a lot of indian uh, i mean not a lot of american or europeans uh, Im- move permanently to india so this was especially
0: eye opening i'm okay. trying to find the channel it, if you find it send it to me i'll, I'll include it <laughs> yeah. in the show notes um, yeah. all right wendy you have the the last uh, word and then we're going to close thing. up the show
1: um so many, many times I would home in the evening in Sweden and a friend would text me a question about American life. And, um, I, I just found this so fun and hilarious. So she texted me once and says, is it true that you have people bag your groceries for you? <laughs> <laughs> and she said, are Americans really that lazy? And I wrote back. Absolutely. We have people that bag our groceries for us. Now, that's not true everywhere in America, of course, but that that's a thing. And I ran across this hilarious BuzzFeed list, and I can send it to you, that goes through these folks asking questions because of what they see on TV. And it says, okay, do, it, it's a list of, uh, I guess, from Twitter. Um, okay, but do Americans really eat cold pizza? The answer is yes. Do Americans really know everyone in their neighborhood? Because I like know one in mine. And the answer is Yeah, we often really do know most people in our (laughs) neighborhoods. I move in. I had full dinner brought to me the first night by my next door neighbor. The next day, a batch of cookies. Yeah, that's American. Um, Another one. Do Americans really wear their shoes inside their homes or is that just TV? Oh, that is real and it's disgusting. That is real. (laughs) You know,
0: we do that in France as well. And I didn't think it was disgusting until I realized that it was because other people were doing it and I experienced it. And like there was this poll on twitter or question on twitter like someone asking something really silly it was like do you put sock sock shoe shoe on or or sock shoe sock shoe basically what do you do both socks you get it yeah and someone answered oh of course i put sock shoe sock shoe because Wrong. i don't want to i don't want to walk in my home with just my clean socks and i'm like what I thought, I think it was Bruce, actually, who's on the show on a regular basis. And what I thought was like, oh, my God, the solution is not to put your shoe on. The solution is to not walk in your home with your shoes. Just take them <laughs> off when you get in. It's like, and anyway, that's silly.
1: But so uh, I'll send you the list. And here's the crazy thing. I pretty much all of these are true. Like, do Americans boil water in their um, microwaves? Yes, we do. What? Yeah. I know. It's so weird now that I think about it, but it is true. And then it says, do Americans really say herbs with the a, without the H? Yes, we say herbs. It's true. <laughs> do Americans eat really eat their lunch in a huge room filled with tables at school? Yes, we do. Well, that doesn't surprise
0: uh, me. We do that as well. You know, it, oh, you might, that, that, similar. <laughs> it might be an opportunity to realize that we're a lot more similar than we thought. Right. Um, right. All right. My uncle wanted to add something and then we're, we really have to go.
2: Oh, no, I, I was just going to say uh,
0: sock, shoe, sock, shoe is completely wrong. It's socks and socks. <laughs> yes, in exactly. Sock, sock, shoe, shoe. If you have to put the shoes on inside the house, which if you do, you're barbarian and I don't want to speak to you. Just, you yeah. know, to put it out there. Oh, and by the way, yeah. I used to do that uh, for most of my life. It's only now that I've seen the uh, civilized light of taking your shoes off when you get home um all right and on that you know i was trying to finish on a philosophical uh uh, note and i guess we're gonna finish (laughs) on uh shoes and socks which is you know just as valid so uh, thanks both of you for being on i think that was a really fun conversation uh i hope the listeners got something out of it and if they want more out of you uh wendy where can they find you on the internet
1: You can find me at Wendy with an I, Dunford, uh, on Instagram. And I post a whole lot less because Minnesota is not as cool as Sweden. Um, (laughs) And you can find me at TherapyThursdays with an S dot com as well.
0: Excellent. Thank you. Mayank, do you have an internet presence nowadays or is it still... Uh no, I do.
2: Um, but uh, I'm still not ready for okay. you know, the, the whole world to know me. But I do have a couple of things, uh, you know, going around in my brain, and I might have something worth sharing with everyone, hopefully soon.
0: Okay. Excellent. Well, you yeah. let us know, and uh, if you can yeah. find that YouTube channel, uh, I will. I'll, I'll include it in the notes. If if he can't yeah. find it, if it's not in the notes, it's that it's lost forever. And maybe someone can go to FrenchSpin.com if that you know what which one he's talking about and put it in the comments. Uh, or have mm-hmm. a, if you have a comment about the show in general, you can do that too at FrenchSpin.com. If you enjoy the show, please do consider contributing to it on Patreon at patreoncom club. And you will find the link to that site uh, on the uh, show notes as well. Um, it's you know I'm sure everyone knows Patreon, but it's the only way the show is uh, 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 monetized. So if you enjoy it, please do consider uh, contributing. It's easy, quick, and it helps a lot. I am not Patrick on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and I will now rush. To my baby, who is, uh, I'm 15 minutes late for taking care of. So I will apologize to my wife, whose birthday it is, by the way. All right, that's way too much information. Thank you very much for listening. (laughs) And I will talk to you very soon. Bye.